as i had promised you i'll keep bringing you some stories from india uh these stories written by some very interesting writers and most of them are non fiction in fact all of the stories i'll be telling in this series will be non fiction and sort of travel stories from the tra- from the travel writers who were traveling from outside the india and then seeing it with an outsider's eye so today's story it's called caretakers of the dead it was written by jona blank and i'm going to read it for you so here we go laws can be made and unmade with a stroke of a fountain pen but attitudes must be crafted with time and unflagging will in india the greatest barrier to class integration may well be the attitude of the untouchables themselves the poorest and least educated members of society harijans are often the most conservative as well at election time they may vote to shake the tree in hopes of dislodging choicer fruit but most would never consider chopping the tree down they may use government programs to get more out of the caste system but they have little desire to abolish the system entirely for most of them caste is a fact of life not even worth thinking about something that always has been something that always will be the lowest most contemptible wretch in all india is the charnel men thieves whores and garbage pickers look down their noses at him the only person as detested is the tanner of leather who cuts up dead cows and sells their hides for tainted money but almost all hindus are cremated when they die and somebody has to do the burning when i walked up to the harish chandra ghat in varanasi suraj choudhury had long since set the morning's corpses in a row he and his fellow duams were now working on a middle-aged man making sure the limbs were properly arranged for incineration the other bodies had been brought here on a stretcher of green bamboo borne by close kin each had been lovingly wrapped in white cloth then swathed in gaudy silk brocade laced with threads of spun gold then lashed to the palanquin with rough twine and covered with orange garlands now each was alone each band of mourners with flutes and drums and women singing through their tears had gone home the only people left on the ghat were a few midday idlers the charnel men and the cadavers themselves suraj choudhury was sawing away at the bamboo poles cutting them down to the size as the body they carried it makes the fire neater as a doam the untouchable clan responsible for burn or putting fire on corpses suraj works from 4 am until midnight every single day there is no time for a holiday 
What could he do? Ask people to stop dying merely because he wanted a rest? It is his job. It is his life. It is him. There is no point in searching for any other way. When I ask what he thinks about caste, Suraj, Suraj shakes his head. He does not think at all. He never asks why he is a Harijan any more than he asks why his hair is black and his eyes brown. His place in the universe, Suraj knows, is to burn bodies. That is why he put on the earth. It is an important task, a necessary task, a task vital to the survival of society. He fully supports the caste system, although technically he is not even a part of it. How could he feel otherwise? The system was instituted by God himself. Who is Suraj Chaudhary to challenge that fate? By working hard and living an honest life, Suraj hopes to scale the rungs of caste and one day reach Nirvana. It is not an impossible dream. The Ramayana provides him inspiration. He cannot read and has no television or radio, but he knows the stories well. When Rama was ferried across the Ganges, he embraced low-born boatman as a friend. The episode gives Suraj comfort, for it shows that even a Harijan can be loved by God. A goat ambles over to the row of corpses and starts nibbling on one of the flowery garlands. Eventually, an idler gently chases the animal away. It is not only Suraj's father and grandfather who were charnel men, every member of his family, those still living and those dead for centuries, has worked the burning hearts of Varanasi. It binds them together, makes them one. A harmonious home, Suraj says, is the greatest blessing any man can have. A boy of six or seven, Suraj's son, is hopping among the cadavers. Here he straightens an arm, there he tucks in a brocade shroud, proudly helping out as best as he can. One day, father and son will work side by side. One day, the son will take the father's place. One day, the son may even burn the father on his own beer. Today, the boy is whistling cheerfully as he picks his way through the corpses. I ask Suraj if he is happy with his life. Happy? Not happy? He says the question has no meaning. A man's life is his life. Nothing more, nothing less. An old woman is burning on the pyre Suraj has built. She lies on top of four cross-stacked logs with smaller sticks piled tidily on her chest. The fire melts the air, blurring all the scenery behind it like the jet flow from an airplane. Downwind, the stench of fleshy corruption is almost intolerable. Much of the woman's skin is charred, some of it flaking off. A bright white bone is all that is left of her leg. But the flames have not yet reached the head. Eyes shut, lips slightly parted, moisture just beginning to bead on the forehead. She could as easily be basking on a beach. When her scanty hair finally catches fire, her lips twitch without losing their serenity. The woman greets oblivion 
with an involuntary smile. There is no way to know anything about the woman's life. Perhaps she had been born a Brahmin, perhaps a Shudra, perhaps she had been the wife of a fisherman, perhaps a cabinet minister in her own right. She entered the world, nothing more than a body, left it a body and nothing more. In the end, fire burns away all class, all caste, all wealth, all luck, all social distinction, all human iniquity. And death is the only leveller, for there is none in life.